The Lord be with you. And your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory be to you, Lord. In his teaching to the people, Jesus said, Beware of the scribes who like to go about in long robes and to have salutations in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the place of honor at the feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the multitude putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, her whole living. The Gospel of the Lord. There are so many different layers to the gospel for today, and I found it really interesting yesterday going through some of the different interpretations that the church fathers have, some of the different trains of thought of interpretation which are particularly interesting. Um, and so I'll share a few of those with you, but I think where we should always begin um, is the relationship between the readings for today. And the first reading obviously has a more obvious relation to the gospel. You have two widows present, two widows who give everything that they have. But then the second reading, not so much. The sef- second reading shifts from the, in the letter to the Hebrews, and it looks and focuses on Christ's own sacrifice and his return when he comes in the, in the graces that he uh, merits by means of his sacrifice and those graces which are for the removal of sin. And so how do we tie these together? Well, I think there's been some interesting uh, works to do this and so I'll just give some of those reflections uh, today. And so first, you have the first reading, Elijah the prophet. And so Elijah the prophet, this is after the kingdom of Israel has divided, and so you have the tribes up the north, and it is to the tribes in the north that Elijah the prophet is sent. And so he goes up north, and he is, he is up there, and it is during this time where there is, uh, there is no food, and he is sent by God to a widow. And there we have this widow, she is gathering sticks, She's gathering things to prepare this last meal, as we say, as we can read um, later on. And so it also has all of these beautiful Eucharistic connotations to it. It has, she is an image, if you will, of the church. She is preparing a last meal, uh, you know, if you will. So you can tie all of these things into Christ's own um, Eucharist, the institution of the Blessed Sacrament, his last supper with his disciples. And so she represents the church in that sense, in a certain sense. But um, so what happens is, is that Elijah makes this uh, request of her. He says, bring me also a morsel of bread in your hand. 
Just bring me a little bit of bread in your hand, this little bit. And she says, as the Lord lives, I have nothing baked and only a a handful of meal. And so what happens then is Elijah just says to her, and he uses the words that come from Scripture, and he himself, an inspired prophet, he says, the jar of meal shall not be spent, and the cruise of oil shall not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Beautiful words from this prophet. And so this widow, she has faith in the word that comes from God, that comes through his prophet. And so she believes in this word, and she acts upon it. And she takes everything we know if we read on further, and it's beautiful to go and actually read in chapter 17 of the first book of Kings. You can go and you can continue that that reading, and we know that that is what exactly happens to her. She uses everything she has, but then she receives this abundance from heaven. She is sustained from heaven, her uh, and the holy man and her child as well. And then what you have then in the gospel is linking the two. You have the Lord where he is um, and in the temple, and he has been rebuking the scribes and the Pharisees. And now he goes into the court where the women are able to enter into the temple, and he's sitting, he seats himself in that court, and opposite he has where the treasury is, and you have the place uh, where the people can deposit their money into the treasury, and he sits there to watch this happening. And one of the commentators uh, I love is Fouillard. He's a French commentator, but he, he spent time in Jerusalem. He's, he's, he's a historian as well. He studied all of the things of Jerusalem. And so the details that he gives uh, are just, they're, they're wonderful. And so he kind of describes the scene. He says, you can imagine the Lord sitting there looking across at the treasury, watching all of these rich people come, he says, with every ostentation so that everyone can see them and making sure that everyone knows that they're depositing these large sums of money into the treasury. The Lord is completely unimpressed because the reward that they desire is vainglory, is the praise of others. And so the reward that they desire is the reward that they will receive. But this widow who comes in, he says very humbly, she just goes up and she deposits deposits, uh, a sum of money that maybe wouldn't have even been heard when it reached the treasury, right? So this very small sum of money, but it's all she has. And the Lord's heart is moved towards her. He's moved towards her. And I find it very beautiful in Scripture. There's particular scenes where you can see something move in the Lord's heart. And I like to think that it's because he finds in certain souls a likeness to his own mother. One of those scenes, I think, is the widow at Nain, and we've spoken about that before. You know, she is this, this widow who loses her, own, her only child. And I think that the Lord's heart is moved because he can see already as God his own passion and death. He can see already his own, uh, the sufferings that his mother will endure. And I think there are certain souls that kind of draw something out of him, which is a compassion that he has and a love that he has for his mother, but also for souls that are particularly like her or that suffer like her in particular ways. And I think that along with the widow at Nain, there is also this poor widow who comes in to the temple Our Lady, at the time of the Lord's death, she is a widow as well. She is a widow. She is a widow also who does not have much. She does not have a lot of things. And her deposit that she puts into the church, if you will, is everything that she has, her son. It is her son that is offered into the church, into the temple. It is her son that becomes the true sacrifice that is laid down. And from this offering that she makes of everything that she has, We have an abundance that then comes from the sacrifice of her son. But it also relates in a very special way, and we can see that in the second reading for today, 
to the offering of Christ himself, his own offering that he makes into the temple, his own offering that he makes on behalf of his people. It is his suffering that St. Paul speaks about in the letter to the Hebrews, this once, this once forever sacrifice that he makes of himself. And so what you have in these widows is not just, in a certain sense, this image of Our Lady, this image of the church, but also it's because their giving and their generosity comes very close to the generosity of Christ himself, who gives everything that he has. The Lord in his divine nature does not have things. He does not possess things. The divinity of God does not have anything. It is it is. That's why we say God is love. We don't say God has love. We say God is good. We don't say God has goodness, right? And so in his divinity, he has no need of anything. He has no possessions. He is uh, as God uh, in need of nothing. But in his human nature, we can say that God has something. He has taken to himself a human nature. And this thing that he now has this thing that he has received through his mother is what he then offers on our behalf. He lays himself down. He is given up to death. And through his death and through this sacrifice, we receive from the abundances and the treasures of heaven. And that's what St. Paul is getting at in that second reading today, speaking not only of the sacrifice of Christ, but of the abundance of blessing that comes through it because of the generosity and the love that underlies his self-giving. It is the love with which he offers himself that is the reason that his sacrifice has so much power. The Father in heaven is not pleased by the blood that is shed. He is not pleased by the fact that his son is beaten. He is not appeased because of all of these things. His heart is appeased towards sinners because he sees in the sacrifice of his son perfect love, his own love, the love that is within the Trinity. It is the love that makes his sacrifice and gives his sacrifice its power. And because his love is infinite, his own sacrifice is a source of infinite graces and merits and power and salvation. And so it is this beautiful sacrifice that we then also see, this generosity that the Lord recognizes in this wonderful widow who has come into the temple. She trusts in God. She trusts in his word. She is faithful. One of the commentators notes that what the Lord says when he is praising the widow can be read in two ways, and I think he's right. He says it is both a lament, but it is also praise. How is it a lament? Because she should not be in this state. One of the commands that is given for the temple and for the priests that are there is that part of what should happen with the money that comes into the treasury, first and foremost, should be the care of widows and orphans. Why is this money all that she has when the temple is sitting in all of its riches? Why is this money all that she has when those who are receiving the money into the treasury are very well looked after themselves, but this poor widow is not receiving what should be coming to her from the treasury of the church? So there is this lament in what the Lord is saying, lamenting that she is in this state, but then at the same time commending her abundant faith, so that while others are being unfaithful to what the word is commanding them, and even while others are encouraging everyone to make sure that they make all of their contributions to the treasury because it benefits them, and then not returning it 
It doesn't matter. Her reason for giving is pure. She gives so that the work in the temple might be done, that the praise and the adoration of God might continue. She gives from a heart that is completely generous, and she gives of all that she has. And so just to summarize then and to kind of finish, how does this then apply to us? What should we be looking at in the Gospels and in the readings today? And I think it is simply that generosity of the little that we have. And that's not necessarily simply monetary. It's not simply earthly treasures. I'm talking about the deep interior things as well, because what she offers represents as well the gift of what we all bring to the Lord, our mind and our heart, our interior, our soul. These are the things that we can deposit into the treasury, give over to him the very little that we have, and it might appear little to others, but we are called to give all of these things and to give generously, to give of our whole heart and our whole mind over to God and to receive from him then the abundance of what he gives to our mind and our heart, which is the truth that comes from heaven and the love that comes from heaven. He fills our mind with the truth that is himself and he fills our heart with the love that is the Holy Spirit. And he fills our whole soul with his grace so that we become temples, temples in which this offering can continually be made, temples in which this offering of our mind and heart can continually be deposited into the treasury. And so in this simple offering of ourselves, our minds and hearts, we can do it with that same generosity. And the Lord receives those gifts when we give all that we have with love. Lastly, what we see with both widows, what we see in these two readings from the book of Kings and from the gospel of Mark, is that they are at a point of having nothing else. The state in which they come to the temple is stripped of everything. The state in which the widow in the first reading, she has nothing, just a little bit left. And sometimes that's what we can experience in the interior life when we come to God. We don't come with a lot of things. Suffering may have reduced us and brought us down. All of the things and concerns and worries might have weighed us down. And when we come into the Lord, we feel that all we have in the interior is something very small to give him, almost nothing less, the last of what we possess, and that's what he asks for. He says, give that in faith. Give the last of your weakness. Give the last of your sufferings. Give the last dregs, if you will, of your soul to me. And he asks for that gift of faith that we can hand over everything to him. And he receives it with love because he knows that it is given with confidence because we have no other recourse. We have nothing else to give. And he knows also that it is given not only with confidence, but with generosity that tries to match his own sacrifice. When we come here to the mass, we participate in that generous giving of Christ of himself into the deposit of the church. And that same Christ who offered himself once for all in his passion and death then is given to us in the moment of Holy Communion. He deposits himself into the temple that is our body. And then there the abundance of his graces can be poured out. And so what we hope for is when we approach the moment of Holy Communion, that we can receive him with generosity and love, deposit our whole mind and our heart at his disposal so that the king of the temple can truly use our minds and our hearts according to his own will. Amen.